the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Monday, August 6th. I'm Donald Ware, and hope you had a wonderful weekend. Um, as a matter of fact, I know I did. It was, it was pretty relaxing because I'm going to tell you what, we're less than three weeks away from the start of the HBCU football season, so I got to try to get my relax on as much as I possibly can as uh, HBCU football season really is upon us. We're gonna uh, well, we're gonna leave the MEAC temporarily, and we're going to talk with the head football coach at Hampton, uh, Robert Prunty. As a matter of fact, he's in his first season as the head football coach of the Pirates. Been a, been an assistant a long time, and has had some stops at some phenomenal places. ECU more recently. He spent some time at Texas Tech. Spent some time. At Cincinnati, as Coach Prunty joins us here, I'm from the press box to press row. Coach Prunty, welcome to the program. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate you coming on. I want to, I want to start here because a lot, you know, obviously has has been made of Hampton leaving um, the conference. Even before I talk about that, I want to get your thoughts. What what made this the right time for you to become a head football coach? You, now you've had, and I should back up a little bit, so you've had some head coaching experience on the high school level and then that, that intermediary level between high school uh, and, and college. But what made this the right opportunity for you? Well, you know, I, I attended Hampton University. Uh, I was here from 83 to 84 and, uh, you know, I've always you know, Hampton's always been in my heart. And then when I was at East Carolina, you know, December, and then around that time the job came open, it was I thought it was a perfect time, you know, for me to, you know, to come back home and, and have a chance to be a head coach. I've been, you know, you always want to, you know, be a head coach at the highest level, and, and it was and it was tough. It was tough to get a, a head coaching job at the BCS level, even though I had been, a, you know, associate head coach and, and a defensive coordinator at Cincinnati and, and went on to be a defense corner in East Carolina. But in Hampton, is a, I mean, it's a great place. I mean, you know, Dr. Wim Harvey runs a first-class operation. And, and then, uh, you know, Hampton is always known for academics, and, and now they're putting a lot into the football program. But, it's, but as far as the Big South go, you know, I wasn't here when they went. You know, I know, you know the athletic director, and I know that everybody's excited, and, 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 you know, and I know I'm excited about it. You know, but as far as the MEAC goes, man, that's a great league now, you know. North Carolina ENT was undefeated last year, and, and North Carolina Central, and uh, you know can't say enough about the job Coach Broadway did, and and then you know and uh, having Sam that a defense coordinator, you know Sam was a guy that, that we looked at, you know as hiring at, at the higher level, so you know and then you go on to North Carolina Central, and then uh, you know the head coach Dad did a phenomenal job. I mean it's it, I mean it's good football. I mean the MAC is a great conference. You know, I think, you know, it, but, but you know, things do change and, and Hampton made a change and, you know, I'm glad to be a part of it. And I'm, and I'm looking forward to, you know, just, just, you know, taking Hampton to a, you know, to a better level as far as football go. And, and then as far as just working hard, when I say level, I mean being able to recruit kids and using the name, the, the Big South name. You know, kids, they look at what, you know, what conference you are, just like, it's no different than me coaching at Cincinnati, and now all of a sudden I'm going against a guy that's, you know, that's coaching at Alabama, Georgia, Florida, you know. So you, you get an idea, that, you get an idea what type of athletes you can go after now. You know, kids they they're big on what conference you're in now. So, you know, I'm I'm, I'm hopefully the Big South will pay some dividends for us. One of the things I want to uh, touch on that you. Um, actually made mention of is not getting a head coaching 
position at the FBS level. I mean, if I look at your resume, I look at the time at Texas Tech, I look at the time that you were co-defensive coordinator at Cincinnati, uh, the fact that you were defensive coordinator at East Carolina, the fact that uh, you were one of the top recruiters in the nation at Texas Tech. Furthermore, as a head football coach at Hargrave Military Academy, you sent many guys into the National Football League. What would you attribute you not getting a head coaching position at the FBS level to? Well, you know, I, I try to, you know, look at it in a standpoint is what God got for me is only for me. You know, my fraternity brother was Steve Wilkes that was at a, at the Carolina Panthers. You know, look what come out of it. Steve was at the HBC level. And then Steve went to the Carolina Panthers, became the defensive coordinator. And now God has blessed him to be the head coach at, you know, the Arizona Cardinals. You know, I'm just, I, I don't know. I, I can't tell you what people are thinking. You know, all I know is that if I just do a good job and continue to do a good job, and now I got a good job, so I don't care if I never go anywhere else. Now, I could, I love Hampton, and I'm planning on being here for a long time. So whatever happened in the past, that ain't what God had for me and, and God can put me at a good place now. So I just keep all my faith in God and just continue to work hard. Last thought uh, in terms of uh, uh, non-personnel, and I want to talk about the personnel, but did you did did Hampton, because if I look at the schedule, there's quite a few, and I know it's a, a transition uh, into a new conference, to your point, into the Big South. I mean, if you look at the schedule, you know, you have uh, quite a few D2s um, that are on the schedule. Did I don't know if this is your area, but did Hampton have a hard time scheduling and more specifically scheduling FCS HBCU programs? Uh, yes, Hampton did because I was part of it with uh, with our athletic director, Eugene Marshall. But what people don't understand is is that after we play Shaw University, we come back and we play Mammoth, who made the playoffs in the FCS. Then we come back and we play Northern Iowa, who's ranked in the top 15 in the FCS. Then we play Charleston Southern, who played Mississippi State and Indiana, BCS schools. Then we got to play Tennessee State, who loaded they got transfers from Alabama, the quarterback from Minnesota. You know, I'm kind of glad that, that we play in some, a few teams that is in a lower level because we start off with, with five teams. I mean, all together with five, out, out the Shaw, we're playing five teams that can possibly be in the playoffs in the FCS. But, and, as, and as far as, you know, teams not playing us, hey, you know, I lead that to the athletic director and the administration. I think they did everything they could. Like I say, once again, the MEAC is a great league. They got great people, a lot of my friends coaching that league. And hopefully, you know, we, we can start back playing them. And I know that we're working on some deals. We're playing some uh, MEAC teams, and I'm looking forward to it, okay? Sound, yep. Sounds good. That the voice of Robert Prunty. He's the head football coach at Hampton. He joins us here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Let's talk personnel, Coach Prunty. Uh, you know, let's start with the offense. You know, who are some of the big names on the offense, some guys that are doing well, that did well in spring, and then, of course, are doing well now in fall, and what are your expectations from some of them? Well, you know, we, we start with our, our quarterback. We got a battle going on with, you know, Delmon Williams and, and Brendan Green. I mean, it's a, it, those, those guys are fighting it. And then we, we got a transfer and an Austin Bradley from you know from um from uh Coastal Carolina. So 
I mean, we got a three-way we got a three-way battle there. I can't tell you who's going to win it, but we'll find out in the next couple of weeks, and, and we'll get that thing narrowed down, and we'll and we'll start narrowing the reps down and going with the first guy, and then letting the second guy get a few reps. So I like I like where we at as far as quarterback go. We got depth, and we got some athletic guys. But keep in mind, Delmon, you know he he did start last year, so he's got a a lot of experience. Now I tell you where we got a we got some competition going on that running back spot. You know, we got Sean McKenzie who came from Virginia Tech, you know, and he, and he started as a true freshman at Virginia Tech. And then we got some transfers that came in. We got uh, Devin Anderson, who's he's up in that Raleigh area. Uh, and uh, he's, he's come from East Carolina. You know, he's, he's 5'11", 200-pound running back, runs about a 4'4". And then you got uh, uh, Darrell Scott, who's out of Havelock. He originally signed with Tennessee. He came to East Carolina, and now he's with us. Now, both of those guys are graduate guys, and so we got a lot of competition going on. Then we get uh, Will Easton, who's an NC State running back that was there. So we got four running backs that we feel really good about. And up front, we got uh, Mackey, who's, who's a great player uh, at, at our left tackle spot. He's a second-team all-conference guy. And then we get to transfer to 6'7", 310 pounds, and also an East Carolina guy, Messiah Rice. And then we got, uh, you know, we, we got some young guys, but – they're big, though, you know, and I was glad to get it, you know, but we got a lot of competition up as far as the offensive line go. And as far as our special teams go, I'll start with our punter before I get to defense. Well, we signed one of the top kickers in the state of Virginia who had BCS offers and Evan Lomax from uh, Nasman River. The kid was first-team all-state punter and kicker. We were, he was my first signing. I was glad to get him. Had to put a lot of work in because – I thought at the end he would go to Army, but he stayed with Hampton. It was great to see that. And then, and then also, also as, as far as you know, our long snappers go, we, we got a young man that was committed to Mississippi State. You know, out of he's he's out of Colin Junior College in Mississippi. You know, and, and that was that was something that I looked at, and that, that was something that I know we need to clean up. We need a good long snapper, and we need a good punter. That that that, that can make the difference within two games. During the season, whether you win or lose, whether you win or lose the games, and then as far as our D line go, this spring, you know, I, I don't make a lot of fuss about it, but we only had five defensive linemen, and so when we practiced, we couldn't even we couldn't even get a true practice because one of the kids, uh, Desmond Sternman, had, had shoulder surgery, so we only had four defensive linemen the whole spring. But you know, thank God, we got 22 defensive linemen now. A lot of them are young. But they're good athletes, and they're coming in here, and they're doing a great job. I've been real happy with them. You know, I don't want to, you know, talk about the names yet until I can see which ones separate themselves. Maybe if we talk a week or two weeks from now, and I'll be able to talk more about them because, you know, these, you know, these young men, they sit around and listen to stuff, and they think you're, you know, they're all freshmen coming in. And, and, and like I said, we got some really good freshmen with good size at that spot. And at our linebacker spot, we got a Capri Doucet, a transfer from Oklahoma. And I mean, this kid, you know, we timed him at a four five forty in the hundred, and I mean, he does a good job. Then we also has, you know, Spruill. Spruill is a, a transfer from East Carolina. That he was here before I got here, so it's great that, you know, he's got another year. And he's about six four, two hundred forty pound linebacker. He'll be our Mike backer. In the secondary, you know, we got uh, Tank Scott. Tank's a returning starter. Donna Simons, and then we also have. You know, Marquez, Marquez Vasquez, who also started the first two games at NC State, and he's a transfer from NC State. So we're glad that you have him. But in the back end, 
we're loaded as far as seniors go. We, we got Shocker, who's our starting safety, along with, uh, along with Carr. And then we also have in the back at our nickel spot is R. And we have all those spots uh, at least two to three deep. So we feel very good about, you know, where this program is going. The assistant coaches have did a great job recruiting. I mean, the administration, you know, starting with um, our athletic director, Eugene Marshall, has, you know, have worked tireless to try to help us. But, you know, most of all, our president, Dr. William Harvey, has really stepped up, you know, and got behind this program. And so everything, is, it's been really great here at Hampton. No, no question. I know you you didn't really want to mention uh, guys per se, but I, I, I need to ask. I mean, I got to ask you about a kid who, as of course, we ranked your uh, ranked the top ten recruiting classes. You guys were in the top ten. This kid, Devin Marcano, six five and a half, two hundred and fifty five pound defensive end. I mean, is he? What are you seeing out of him? Well, I can tell you this now: we were very fortunate to get him. I mean, he turned down some two BCS schools, and I mean, his thing is he's this kid. We was looking at his wingspan yesterday, and he, he got a wingspan of a man seven foot tall. I mean, he's he's got NFL written all over. He ran a four seven forty the other day. This this is a special player. But we also got a young man that's six five, two hundred fifty pounds from out of Charlotte named Kendra Grooms, another defensive end. And then you got Andy Matthews who who. Would have signed Virginia Tech, but he made his score late. And he's 6'3", 342 pounds, and he ran a 4'9". So, we, you know, we got some guys coming in. You know, and the, and the reason why, but, I, you know, um, you did a great job of pulling something out of me. And that goes to show that you do your research, and I'm and is always glad to talk to guys who do the research. And we got Norman Oaksby. Norman Oaksby is a transfer from Cincinnati. So we got, we got, well, we got some guys on that D-line. Yeah, no question about it. Um, you know, lastly, um, if you will, kind of speak to Big South Media Day. I know you did. You you spoke about the how um, good, a, great a conference the MIAC is. The Big South seems to be up and coming. A lot of teams. I think you guys participate as a full fledged member in football at least next year, if I'm not mistaken. Some other teams coming in. Campbell, which is literally eight miles down the road from us. Et cetera, et cetera. How how good a conference is the Big South Conference? Well, you you know the Big South Conference is, is a good league. I mean, you know, you only can go by what you, what you see and what's on paper. I mean, they had two teams that made the you know the FCS um, playoffs, and then Mama and and and, and, and um, uh, Mama, and then they also had Kennesaw State, who who went deep into the playoffs. But I, I would tell you this once again. The MEAC is an outstanding league also. I mean, A&T is good as they come. You know, A&T is good as they come. I don't think nobody's – I don't think even BCS schools are lining up to play North Carolina A&T and North Carolina Central. And I don't want to – I'm not just, you know, tooting the horns for those two schools because I know that there's other schools in the MEAC that can play. I mean, Gremlin – I mean, with Gremlin and Swack, but, you know, all those teams do a great job. You know, but i tell you something now. You know, keep in mind now, I am an HBC guy. Yep. Hampton University and Alabama A&M. Sure. And, I'm, and I know what kind of football is played, in, and, you know, at the historical black schools. And I went there. And, you know, that's why I cut my teeth. You know, it don't start for me. Unless it starts in the HBC. So, Robert Prunty has the utmost respect for the MAC. Great conference, great coaches, great administrators, 
and good fans. No, no question about that. And as he mentioned, went to both uh, went to Hampton and then ultimately graduated from Alabama A&M in his first season as the head football coach of the Hampton Pirates is Robert Prunty. And of course, the Pirates are going to open the season uh, on September 1st, Saturday, September 1st. They're at home and they're hosting Shaw and Coach Prunty. We appreciate the time. Good luck to you and the Pirates this season. Well, God bless y'all. There you heard it from Robert Prunty, the new head football coach at Hampton, joining us here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. And when Hampton originally left the conference or it was it was announced that they were going to leave the conference, I mean, I got to be honest, and you can go back. I was critical of Hampton, and I did a piece on BoxerRow.com. If you Google it and you do you know something like Hampton and BoxerRow, if you Google it, it's on our website. Um, just because, not because they left um, the conference. I believe if there's an opportunity for you to, uh, for your entity, or in this case Hampton, to be able to do what's best for Hampton, then then that I'm okay with that. I just thought that sort of the way things went down is probably more of of what I objected to than anything else. But I'll tell you what, I think they got the right man at the helm for the job in Robert Prunty. Um, and um, I mean, if you just look at some of the places that he's been um, again, ECU more recently at Cincinnati at Texas tech. Again, when he was recruiting at Texas tech for a couple of years, um, he was, he was ranked the top recruiter in that region, you know, so that's saying something. And then of course, as the head football coach at Hargrave, um, I mean, that's, that's pretty, you know, I mean, you're sending guys to colleges and to the NFL. So he knows that recruiting base Plus, he's back in Virginia. Boy, I think I think uh, I think Hampton's going to be pretty good uh, sooner than later. It's going to be again to me. It's going to be harder to tell this year because the schedule is. While yes, the the FCS opponents are relatively strong. I mean, there's four or five, um, you know, D two and NAIA opponents um, that are on the schedule, which to me is going to. You know, it's going to be sort of hard to tell how good this program really um, uh, is. But again, they're going to be full-fledged members next year, the Big South Conference. And I think they're going to do a good job, um, at least the football program, I think, under Coach Prunty. So that's going to wrap it up for today's HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Um, And I say, you know, we took a little bit of a break. We sort of followed the formula of the HBCU Football Daily Podcast um, this year that we um, sort of had on last year. And with that being said, um, Hampton was in the mix and, you know, no longer obviously in the uh, in the MEAC, but we're going to go back to the MEAC um, on tomorrow. Log on to our website, BoxToRow.com, BoxToRow.com, if you've missed any of our HBCU football daily podcasts. Talk with you tomorrow.